Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. We're glad you're here. Um, there is a big announcement coming out of Missouri today. The first interview about it happens next. You don't want to miss it. Once upon a time, my pillow was was only the only thing they made was my pillow. Yeah, yeah, but then it wasn't enough. Oh, we got to do more. We got to do more. Let's revolutionize the way people sleep. They started focusing on bedding. Out came the Giza Dream Sheets, which are great. I love them. They're made with soft, durable Giza cotton, which is the most comfortable cotton in the world. Um, I've had these sheets for years, and I absolutely love them. The thing I like about them is they're super, super soft, and they're not expensive. For a limited time, you can purchase a queen-size sheet for $59.98. Are you taking my man card just because I've bought sheets before? King size set, just $10 more with the promo code Beck. These are deeply discounted right now at MyPillow.com. That's MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener special square. Check out this sale on the Giza Dream Sheets. When you click on my square, you will find other deals like 60% off the original My uh, Slippers, which are also fantastic. Enter the promo code Beck. It's 800-866-3117. 800-966-3117. Andrew Bailey is here. He is the Missouri Attorney General. Boy, Missouri, you've had a couple of really good Attorney Generals back-to-back. Andrew, welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, Glenn. Thank you so much for having me on. You bet. Okay, so you're fi- you filed now against Planned Parenthood as the state of Missouri. Why? That's right. Look, an investigative report was brought to my attention from a clinic in the Kansas City area where an agent of Planned Parenthood is on video bragging about concealing abortions from children's parents, about deceiving schools and courts with forged documents, expressing a willingness to conceal a sexual offense against a minor, and then bragging about trafficking minors across state lines. And this is a consistent pattern of willful refusal on the part of Planned Parenthood to comply with state statutes. They've moved from regulatory violations to more serious statutory violations. Again, they refuse to comply with the law. They're not going to do it on their own. We are taking them to court, and we're going to fight this out as long as it takes to end Planned Parenthood in the state of Missouri. If they can't follow the law, they should not be able to operate within the borders of our state. 
you do you you think you have a real chance of ending Planned Parenthood in your state? We will do whatever is necessary to drive them from the state. Again, look back at 2018. You want to talk about my predecessors, which Josh Hawley, uh, my former law professor, happy to be and excited to be carrying on his legacy of excellence. Eric Schmidt, close personal friend. In 2018, as Attorney General, Josh Hawley launched an investigation that revealed a half decade of violations by Planned Parenthood, including physicians' failure to file reports about medical complications, and that they were using, uh, one of the clinics was using a moldy abortion machine on women. They are so committed to the death and destruction of human life that they're willing to put patients' health care at risk. And then Eric Schmidt in 2020 uncovered testimony that the physicians at Planned Parenthood were refusing to provide women with a statutorily required risk notification. They Again, they don't care about the health and safety of women because they are that committed to the destruction of human life. And now, in 2024, as Attorney General, we have the investigative video from Kansas City showing that they're willing to conceal sexual exploitation of young girls and conspire to traffic minors out of state for abortions without parental consent. The time has come to put a stop to this once and for all. Wow. Um, all right. You filed the, uh, uh, the case. When, it, when do you expect this to be heard? Well, we filed the case today. We will go to court on this matter, and we're seeking an, an injunction, to a court order to force Planned Parenthood to comply with state statute. We're going to use the discovery process and the investigative tools of this office to look back in time and hold any wrongdoers accountable, to include criminal penalties if the criminal code of the state of Missouri has been violated. There are statutes on the books that make it a criminal offense when you have a clinic that's a mandatory reporter to conceal a sexual offense against a minor, to refuse to comply with the enumerated consent requirements and the reporting requirements for out-of-state travel for abortions. There are criminal penalties for violations of those statutes. And again, we will use every tool necessary to both force Planned Parenthood to comply with state statute in the future, but also look back in time and hold wrongdoers accountable. So how are you going to do that if they don't have records of it? I imagine they're not dumb enough to keep records of, of things like that. Uh, and even if you have people on tape saying it, they can just say, I was just saying that. I, we don't do that. Well, I'll tell you this much. It, again, it's a commitment by an agent of the clinic to willfully violate state statute. And if they're not keeping the appropriate records, which, again, that is part and parcel of their consistent pattern of behavior, if they're not keeping the records required by statute, that in and of itself constitutes a criminal offense, and we will hold them accountable. So another lawsuit that was filed maybe by you or your predecessor um, was the loan forgiveness program uh, that you know, was going up against uh, Biden's student loan forgiveness program. At the time, I think it was $430 billion, and you, Kansas, Nebraska, Iowa, Arkansas, South Carolina, banded together, and it was stopped, but they've just continued to do it. Now, Kansas has decided that they are going to go back to the Supreme Court and try to stop it again. Uh, Will you be joining, and what do you do when you have an administration that just doesn't it just disregards what the Supreme Court says. Yeah, you're right. This is a lawless administration. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to let Joe Biden saddle working Missouri families with Ivy League debt. As someone who paid for my college in service to our nation in the United States Army, I did mine through blood, sweat and tears to my country. And it's a privilege to get to do it. There's no such thing as debt cancellation. Someone's going to have to pay that off. And the last time Joe Biden tried this, an unconstitutional redistribution of wealth, it would have cost Missouri taxpayers, working Missouri families, 
$44 million. So we're not going to let it happen. We have every intention of joining our, our, our uh, other like-minded state attorneys general to include uh, the state of Kansas and fighting back. Missouri is central to the standing argument in this case, because in the state of Missouri, we have the Missouri Higher Education Loan Authority that is a creature of state statute that administers student loans and collects repayments thereof. And that is how we can demonstrate that the state is actually harmed to the tune of $44 million. So we intend to, to lead on this issue as we did, have done in the past. Um, can I ask you just uh, for your opinion on a couple of things? Um, the uh, Fonnie Willis case where uh, she was now caught uh, lying under oath. I mean, not just fibbing, but her attorneys want, didn't want her to take the stand. She wanted to. She came on to aggressively uh, say that she was telling the truth. We now know that it is a lie. Uh, the, you know, her cohort also lied under oath. In the state of Missouri, what would happen to you if, if that was the situation? She would be disbarred. There's an ethical canon, a Missouri Supreme Court rule that, that uh, bars attorneys from lying. Uh, attorneys have a duty of candor towards the tribunal. And if you're violating that canon of ethics, you can be disciplined on your bar license. And would the state uh, fire her or uh, investigate her for, I mean, because if I, if yeah. she was, she was the prosecutor in a, a case of mine and I was sitting in prison, boy, I would I would be doing everything I could to find something that I could get off on because oh, of this. Right. Yeah, that's right. Look, we've had to take action here in the state of Missouri under a statute called the Writ of Quo Waranto, where we removed a Soros-backed prosecutor in the city of St. Louis. We're the first attorney general's office in the nation to successfully do that. Wow. So we absolutely in Missouri have the tools to hold wrongdoers like that accountable. That's great. Um, thank you so much. Really appreciate Thank it. Thank you so much for having me on. You appreciate bet. you. Andrew Bailey, um, and good luck going after, I mean, finally, our side. And, it, and you'll notice the news that is usually good news is coming from either the state treasurers or the state attorney generals. They're the ones that are fighting. They're the last line of defense. Uh, that and the sheriff's. And you're seeing really good things coming from some states. Your attorney general, if you are uh, in an election where your state attorney general is, is open, you've got to make sure they understand the Constitution and are just, you know, virulent on the Constitution and vigilant and watching uh, and making sure that your state holds everybody accountable and holds them to the Constitution. Sometimes the answer to uh, a problem you're facing in life uh, is staring you right in the face. Neither you don't notice it or you've been ignoring it. I'm one of those people that ignored it because I just didn't think it would work. doesn't have to be that way. The answer may be right in front of you, and it was for me. It's relief factor. It helped me get my life back and could work for you. It's a daily supplement, so it's not something you take when you're in pain. You take it every day, it's a supplement, and it helps your body fight pain by fighting inflammation. 100% drug-free, it's all natural and developed by doctors to help reduce or eliminate pain. Over a million people have tried Relief Factor's Quick Start Kit. 70% of them go on to order it again and again. It's Relief Factor. How can they help you? 
Their three-week quick start kit, $19.95, comes with Relief Factor's Feel Better or Your Money Back Guarantee. So give it a try, relieffactor.com, or call 1-800-4-RELIEF. 1-800-4-RELIEF. Relieffactor.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Um. All right, welcome back to the... uh, to the program. Big news. We're going to talk to, is Dershowitz on with us next hour? No. Um, we're haven't confirmed yet. Okay. Um, next hour, we're going to be talking about, uh, I mean, the liberals are just melting down over what happened to the Supreme court where they're saying, you know, let's, let's take our time on this and hear the arguments. Should a president be held, uh, criminally accountable uh, or does the president have immunity while he's acting as the president? So if he went and killed somebody or robbed a bank, he'd still could be held uh, criminally uh, for that after his, his term. But if he's doing something as president, he can't be held criminally accountable. Right. I think so, that's- so in other words, if he says we're going to, we're going to uh, fly these drones over and we're going to kill this guy. If people disagree with him and he could be held criminally accountable, then as soon as he got out of office, people could sue him and say, you killed so-and-so and you were that, wrong. I think that one's pretty clear. I don't think you, you could prosecute a president for that. Um, you know, I don't think that that could happen. I'm, this, of course, the case that we're talking about isn't that. It's a case of him, you know, allegedly trying to overturn an election. And the again, I, you know, say what you will about that. It's a different story than than a drone attack in. But this Yemen. But this, if he can be held criminally accountable, you've but, opened the door. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, this is their argument, right? He, I mean, Trump is trying to say basically he should have immunity on everything because... Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with immunity on everything. You rape somebody in the Oval you know, Office. Anything that <laughs> has to do with the presidency, I guess. I mean, I don't... Yeah. I don't, the, the, As the president. Li- right. The line, I guess, is, is what's interesting here because this is obviously in between a, a drone attack in Yemen that he believes is taking out a terrorist and him raping someone in the streets, right? Yeah. Like this is in between those two things. And the question is, where does that line really fall? Uh, you know, I mean, I, it's going to be, I don't expect the Supreme court to side with Trump on that, but it really, it doesn't matter. Uh, frankly, I, I, I don't, I don't expect he's going to win. However, it's going to delay this long enough that he's probably not going to deal with this case before the election. Uh, which is a massive, massive win for Donald Trump. Uh, you know, I, I I think at the end of the day, I, I'm very skeptical that the Supreme Court is going to say, you know, yes, pretty much everything is going to give you immunity. But like, it doesn't really matter. That's not really what this is about here. The fact that Trump was able to get six, month, uh, six months of delay on this case is a win when it comes to the 2024 election. The rest of the stuff you can deal with later. But as far as the 2024 election goes, which is, of course, why, look, it might not be what Donald Trump is focused on because he's got to deal with all this craziness. But when it comes to the country and what we're focused on is the 2024 election, 
and as far as the 2024 election goes, you see a situation, as we mentioned earlier, that looks as optimistic as you have seen when it comes to these um, uh, legal challenges for Donald Trump. Probably the most optimistic picture we've seen since the beginning of it. Now, of course, you know, the other cases, there's lots, obviously nine digit fees they're going after him on. And he's going to have to challenge that. He's going to be in court throughout this election, which is uh, bizarre, a bizarre, bizarre thing. But as far as him actually losing votes, where do you see them? Where where do you see them being lost on this, Glenn? Do you see, are there people out there that are thinking to themselves, you know, I, I would really consider voting for Donald Trump, but if there is a conviction in the documents case, I'm, I'm gone. No. If there's a conviction no. in the Stormy Daniels case, ah, oh, you know what, I'm, I'm out of there. I, I'm, I'm on the fence as to what I think about those stories. I don't think there's is a lot of people. criminal now. or civil is the first question. Right. And a, any civil thing I think is completely brushed off. Correct. Like, I don't think anyone is changing their votes based on E. Jean Carroll's, you know, accusations. No. If they, no. if it were true, everyone would change their votes. Correct. But no one believes they're true. Correct. And the Stormy Daniels thing uh, is just such a weak case. Yeah. Not only that, it's it's never been used like this before. I mean, they they let everybody go on this, and, they, and they're trying to enforce it through. I mean, it's past the statute of limitations. They're trying to get around that statute of limitations by tying it to a federal crime, which he has no jurisdiction over. I mean, it's such. A blatant overreach on the Alvin Bragg thing mm. that, you know, look, it's New York. Can they possibly get something on him? Yes, it's possible. New York is. But America won't change. Its mind. I, America won't care about that. I don't no. think this, the documents thing. Maybe I'm understating it. I definitely feel like at times I, I have less of a care about this than other people. But look, he was the president of the United States. He saw all these documents when he was in the Oval Office. The fact that he had him stored, in a, you know, uh, maybe maybe it's a hey, don't do that again type of issue i don't think it's a changing election mm-hmm. type of issue uh, you know look he you know the, some of that stuff it's gonna hit him he, he's gonna have a tough time i think legally in that case but i just don't think it's a type of thing that moves votes january 6th if they found something on january 6th that made people believe he really did do the things he's accused of i think that would move voters not just i do too I mean, people, people in the middle people don't they're not following January 6th. They're so sick of it yep. uh, that they're not following it. They'd and have you to would, find something dramatic. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you, people have made up their mind that that was an insurrection. Mm-hmm. Some uh, have, yeah. Yeah, some have. Um, and so, you know, you're convicted on that without the understanding, no, 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 there's a ton of new information that is coming. Uh, you know, that that's a different... That's a different story. If you can get the truth out about January 6th, that case means nothing. Nothing. Yeah, and and look, I think if if they found something, let's say they went through evidence and they if something came up that really changed people's perspective on this, I think you could move voters, especially voters in the middle on an issue like that. That was a serious day whether you like it or not. You know, whether people like think it was a good, you know, like a uh, a situation that's Donald Trump's fault or not, if they could tie it to Donald Trump, it could move people. And of course, this was their goal here. And this is the goal of the media. I mean, remember how the media presented January 6th. Let's take a quick look back. Time now is 536. Who organized and paid for the deadly insurrection at the U.S. Capitol? The deadly insurrection. Violent and deadly insurrection. The deadly insurrection. Deadly 
insurrection. Deadly insurrection. The deadly insurrection. Oh, the deadly insurrection. Violent, deadly insurrection. Deadly insurrection. The 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 deadly insurrection. Violent and deadly insurrection. The deadly insurrection. Violent and deadly insurrection. The deadly insurrection. Violent and deadly insurrection. Deadly insurrection. The 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 deadly insurrection on these very same grounds. That's incredible. Just like, just like when uh, we were talking about the Great Reset. Mm. I thought the Great Reset was a big nothing until COVID and COVID hits and everybody's like, you know, just spontaneously, everybody on television. <laughs> a, lot are say, a lot of people are saying it's time for a Great Reset. A lot of people are saying it's time for a Great Reset. <laughs> right. And it was the same story. That shows you somebody's being fed. Tomorrow, I'm going to do the Wednesday night special. I know it's Friday, but I'm going to do it uh, on uh, on tomorrow because I was out yesterday. And I'm going to show you why that was being said, why that's so important. I'm also going to show you Christian nationalism. Why is that so important to get right? We also have Steve Baker on in about an hour. Steve is uh, a Blaze reporter. Uh, for Blaze News and investigative, and he's been working on the January 6th stuff. He's a mild-mannered, he's a sweetheart of a guy. Uh, and tomorrow, he has to turn himself in to the FBI, and they've told him that he needs to come in shorts and flip-flops because when he turns himself in, if he's wearing shorts and flip-flops, it'll be easier for them to put the ankle irons on and the uh, orange jumpsuit. We still don't know what he's being charged with, but it has something to do with January 6th. But he was there as a reporter. Why aren't other reporters being arrested? Or is it just that he's reporting the truth using the actual tapes, the videos, to show America what really happened? Why is the FBI after him? coming up. Glenn Beck. So if you're hoping that any day now the federal government is going to right the ship on the economy, I hope you packed a lunch because you're going to be waiting for a while. The unfortunate truth is not only the government is not going to right the ship economically, they're kind of trying to do the opposite. And it's up to you for to protect yourself and your family. And one of the best ways to do that, I think, is precious metals. Give Lear Capital a call today. Call Lear today. Ask them for their free wealth protection guide. There's no obligation. I'm going to try to sell you anything. Just say, I, I'm not buying anything today. I just want the free wealth protection guide. Look at that. And then call Lear back up if it feels like this is something I should engage in. You call them back up. And uh, find the ways to use gold and silver, especially like your 401k or IRA, um, to protect it with gold. So as the dollar loses value, your retirement doesn't lose value. Call 800-957-GOLD. 800-957-GOLD. Your account will be credited 250 towards purchase just because you listen to me. Lear Capital. Head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. Save 20 bucks off Blaze TV.
Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program and uh, say hello to our good friend, David Harsani. He is the uh, Federalist Senior Writer and National Review Columnist. Uh, he has just written a column for the Federalist that says, We're all just Christian nationalists now. Are we all? If this is Christian nationalism, count me in. Um, as, I have, uh, as I have said on this program, do not take this charge lightly. And I don't think uh, David does. Um, but don't call yourself a Christian nationalist. It does have meaning. And I'll show you on tomorrow's show why they are saying it. And this is coming from the government. Why are they doing this? Um, I'll show you. It's going to have great ramifications. But David made such a great case about this. I wanted to have him on. Hi, David. Hi there. Thanks for having me. You bet. So count me in. We're all Christian <laughs> nationalists. Why do you say that? Well, I mean, I don't know. I should say that the way that these people I'm writing about on MSNBC describe Christian nationalism yes. is not really a thing. It's, uh, it's just what the Declaration of Independence says, and it's the <laughs> core idea of America. If you think that your rights come from the state, then you don't understand the United States. You don't understand the founding. And actually, the founding can't really work for you. And I, I think that they're actually being honest as well. I mean, I do think they believe rights come from the state and that this way they can get rid of rights they don't like, add new ones whenever they feel like it. And that, that's a huge problem. Yeah, that, that's the Soviet Union. <laughs> right? You know, every, all the, every autocracy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so um, explain nature's God and nature's law. Well, you know how people always say they're spiritual but not religious? Yeah. I'm I guess I'm the opposite. I'm I'm not really spiritual, but I'm definitely religious because I think religion offers incredibly uh important ideas about the world that were, you know, even if you believe in God, you also probably probably believe that they evolved into religion because they're the right things. I do believe that. So, um for me, it is clear that, that man has innate rights. I'm not sure why or where they come from, but in my heart, I know it, and rationally, I know it. So the right to speak your mind, the right to practice your faith, the right to own property, all the things that are basically enshrined in the Constitution, those basic rights, which are negative rights, meaning like I'm not asking someone to do anything for me. These are just things I'm born with, I think are vital to to living a free and prosperous life. And um, a constitution's not perfect or anything like that, but it's as close as I think humans have gotten. So if you don't believe in God, you should act like you do when you talk about the law. Yeah. Does that well, make sense? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, the, uh, the idea that you're born uh, with, with rights given to you by your family's position or the mm -hmm. state they can take those rights away at any time. And we all know, wait, I, I'm an individual. This is, this is why this always happens in times of collectivism, um, because it's the group over the individual, where America was always about the individual. Help the individual live a great life, you know, um, allow them to be able to uh, celebrate God in their own way, which would be their governor, their their regulator, if you will, on their passions uh, and let everybody just do their thing. And you'll be amazed at what happens. We've yeah, always known in America that's true. Yeah, 
I, I think people hear the word individual and they, they like it computes as selfish or something like that, but it's not. I mean, the difference is an individual can go to their church, give charity to whoever they want. The collective decides who you give charity to and maybe who, where you go to church. And that is the difference. Individualism doesn't mean that you can't become part of a community and do things communally, but it does mean that, the, that you're not treated individually. I mean, for instance, democracy, everyone keeps talking about it and they never really define it. But I don't really care about democracy when it comes to rights, because I don't care that three people can tell me what to do. That's not how it works. And that's what I think, you know, just to clarify what individualism, I think, means to the person who believes in natural rights. David, have you noticed that every time the left accuses the right of something, they're doing it? <laughs> Protection, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it is inc- it's incredibly consistent. Um, I think we have a new national religion now in America with high priests and, you know, a confessional and everything. It's like the issue of abortion, which I think, you know, the key natural right is the, your right to life, right? But... Uh, when the Supreme Court, you know, they were yelling about democracy forever, democracy, this, that. And when the Supreme like, Court's like, OK, you can vote on this now, then they're like, that is, you know, you're attacking democracy now. Right, so right. To them, it's, it's, it's so malleable. It could be anything. It could be anything they believe right now. It has no I, I often try to ask them to define what it means, but they don't really. I mean, the left doesn't really debate anymore. They just uh you know, they call you some whatever name they're calling you now. Today, it's Christian nationalist, you know, and, and that's what you are. So they don't really debate it or or define their terms, et cetera. So let me uh, change subjects here real quickly. Stu and I were talking about um, Donald Trump having probably a very good week uh, for him with, you know, the decision with uh, the Supreme Court yesterday and and also what's happening with Fannie uh, Willis or Fannie Willis. What are your take on those two cases? I, this is my broader view of the whole thing, is that, that Donald Trump's biggest uh, strength, or one of his biggest strengths, is that his enemies are just the worst people, usually. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I have the worst enemies. <laughs> Trust me, you've never seen enemies like this before. Nobody has. <laughs> I mean, from the start, they, you know, and I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of the guy, truthfully, but but the people who hate him are worse than he is. So to save democracy, they're worse than he is to, you know, to, to take him off ballots. The people who are supposedly upholding Constitution and democracy and all that, you know, are worse than he is um, as the things I don't like about him. Let's say how he talks about government or maybe that he's a little bit not conservative enough for me, frankly. You know, I think one of the big secrets about Donald Trump is he's actually quite moderate on a lot of issues mm-hmm. or, or I would say normal, like, you know, when it comes to gender or borders or things yeah. like that, um, is that his his enemies are the worst people. And a lot of people under because of the hysteria about Donald Trump, a lot of bad people, a lot of people want to make their names have gotten in in with the mob going after him and because of the hatred for him a lot of on people on the left just let you know praise all these people before actually maybe (laughs) vetting them a bit so yeah i think it's a good it was a good week for donald trump um what do you think is going to happen with the fanny what do you think is going to happen with the fanny willis case i don't know i don't know how you can move forward knowing all we know right now right but i don't know i 
you know, here's my thing. So in New York, you have a case where you have a New York jury and or a New York judge even, or, or you have a D.C. jury or D.C. judge right. in another case. They, they're going to they're going to convict Donald Trump. They're going to find him guilty. They're going to ask him to hand over 500 million bucks because they hate him. And I don't think those are fair trials. I don't know how it's going to go in Georgia is, my, I guess, my answer. So you think she, there's a chance she keeps her job? <laughs> in any normal environment, that would not be the case. But I'm not sure. Wow. Do you, I don't. What do you guys think? No, right? I, I mean, I, I don't think she... I mean, how does the governor not call for... If the judge doesn't uh, turn on her and say, these are clear lies, you perjured yourself, she should lose her license, she should uh, pay a big fine, and possibly because they did it with such zeal, uh, go to jail. I mean, I I don't think I've ever seen a more clear-cut case uh, on perjury because she did it with zeal. Uh, where I've seen people perjure themselves, Anthony Fauci, but he's not necessarily going, well, actually, he did, he did too. Um, but she just went in passionately. Her attorneys even tried to stop her. Uh, so I can't imagine why that wouldn't happen. But then again, you also have a governor who is a conservative governor. Why wouldn't he open... I mean, if he's a rule of like, law guy, he should open a, a special investigation if nothing happens. It does seem like there are some developments in, in that world as well as like, again, this judge was appointed by a Republican and, you know, I, I believe was in the Federalist Society at some point. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, it, it's this is not a D.C. jury we're talking about here. This this should mm-hmm. this sh- there should be some rational thought brought into this situation. I, but again, I think <laughs> the pessimism usually wins. That's that's the end of the story. I just feel like everything's falling apart and lawless. So I don't you know, I'm scared <laughs> to say what I think is going to happen. I just want more more Fannie Willis on the stand. Oh, yes. I mean, it good. was so fun to watch, wasn't it? I mean, you yeah. know. I felt a little like an arsonist, except I didn't start the fire, but I was, I was just watching like, that is beautiful. (laughs) It's like that. It's like that meme of girl watch smiling, watching the house burn down. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, Thanks so much, uh, David. I appreciate it. From the the Federalist, David Harsani back in just a minute. Let me ask you something. Are you worried about your bills? I mean, I know I am, so, I mean, I think everybody should be worried about their bills. Uh, There is no better time than right now to wipe them out and uh, help your your family have a more secure financial future. That is, if you have high credit card bills especially, I mean, I don't even know what you're paying for interest. 15, fat chance, 20, 25, all the way up to 35% interest rates right now. Well, if you have equity in your home, you can turn that into 5% interest. And all it takes is a 10-minute phone call, 800-906-2440. It's uh, AmericanFinancing.org, AmericanFinancing.org. They'll never charge any upfront fees or hidden fees. That's one of the many reasons they have almost uh, 8,000 Google reviews. I've been a fan of American financing. They've been a part of this program for a very, very long time. The question is that you need to ask yourself, could you be the next person that they help on the journey towards a more stable financial house? Don't wait around. Call them now. 
800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. 800-906-2440. NMLS 1823334. NMLSConsumerAccess.org. APR for the rates in the five starts at 6.275% for well-qualified buyers. Call 800-906-2440 for details about credit costs and terms. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. So yesterday, Mitch McConnell made a uh, an announcement. We have stunning it announcement. Stunning, Glenn. stunning. Cut nine. But now it's 2024. Good for you. I'm now 82. Ah. As Ecclesiastes tells us, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. So I stand before you today, Mr. President, and my colleagues to say this will be my last term as Republican leader of the Senate. So I'll only be 84. I'm not going anywhere at the end of this year. Anytime soon. However, I'll complete my job. My colleagues have given me until we select a new leader in November and they take the helm next January. I'll finish the job the people of Kentucky hired me to do as well, albeit from a different seat. And I'm actually looking forward to that. Now, I don't, he didn't quite rule out that he would continue to run for Senate. Uh, he, no, but I think right? this Did is, he? yeah, this is his last term. Yeah. And so I think he has three more years on his term. Yeah, he's got a, a couple more years at least, but yeah. he, he is not, he is not going to be the leader anymore as, as of, of January. January, November, yeah. he, they choose right. the new leader. I mean, let's not be hasty. Let's not be hasty. Well, he said something like, you know, one of the, the, key things in life, one's, the key skills in life is knowing when to move on to the life's next chapter. Wow, so he's not, he doesn't have that key. He <laughs> lost that years ago. Really? Like, you didn't think the key was like when you stopped talking for 45 seconds in the middle of a <laughs> sentence the first time or the second time? Yeah, um, it's, uh, it'll be nice though. I'm, I'm, I'm really sick of that generation running everything. Yeah, well, I will say, uh, Dan McLaughlin p- p- pointed this out on, t- on Twitter. Nancy Pelosi turns 82, steps down from leadership. Mitch McConnell turns 82, steps down from leadership. Anthony Kennedy turns 82, leaves the Supreme Court. Joe Biden asks for another four-year term starting at age 82. I, I, I don't know. And I think that's actually a, a subtle part of this, maybe not so subtle part of this. The way he framed that is a skill to know when to move on to another chapter of life is sort of a, a, a slam at Joe Biden. Like, you should know to move on to another chapter of well, life. Well, maybe somebody wrote that for him. I don't think he's that... Uh... I, he's a... Stra- I mean, look, you say what you want about Cocaine Mitch. He, he does think about strategy quite a bit. Let me <laughs> let me, let me say this. Uh, we'll replace Cocaine Mitch with oh, maybe Corden. One of the three Johns. You got John Barrasso, John Thune, and John Cornyn. I don't like calling him the three Johns because... John's only pay hookers when they're actually the hookers in this one. Right, that's they're true. They're the prostitutes. And the pimps, yeah, all in one. Yeah. Uh, I will say, out of those three, again, this is not. these would not be the choices I would have for Senate Majority Leader or Minority Leader, but out of those three, I think probably Barrasso's the best one. Cornyn is terrible. Cornyn should not be uh, uh, in leadership. 
He should not be a senator from Texas, and he should also not be a senator. He is not, uh, certainly on the Republican side of the aisle. The fact that they would put him in leadership, and of course he's going to win because he's the worst one. Of course. I would even (laughs) take Thune uh, over Cornyn, but... Barrasso, I think, would be better than both Cornyn of them, which means he has no gonna, chance. Cornyn's going to be the hand pick of Mitch McConnell. He, his and, voting record is terrible. Even if you I, compare it to Mitch McConnell, it's bad. I, he is terrible. Right. So, but so he, that's, that's, so that's, that's the one right you're going to get. What, where is a where's a conservative pick? Are the conservatives going to run anybody? Yeah, will there be somebody who steps up and at least gives it a shot? I hope so. I hope so. But I am not optimistic, as you might expect. Replacing Mitch with John Cornyn. Oof. I mean, even the flag, it, the Lone Star flag says, I got to remove a star. I got to <laughs> remove a star. All right, back in a minute. The Glenn Beck Program.